and like checking in. And this has been really great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're yeah. amazing. Thanks for being there. Well, you can call being anytime too. Four one five 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 zero zero five one one. But I'm still here for all the open mics I was running. It's just that I ask people to call in or I just play music. And sometimes I yeah. talk because I feel like I need to talk. And sometimes I yeah. play. Sometimes I play mute. Sometimes I play like the news of what's going on. But I feel like there's. I don't know what information's coming out. It, it's it's spooky, and I feel like I'm in a movie. And I know that yeah. I'm not because. Yeah. Because this it, the not. Matrix is cooler. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like the outfits, like my outfits, would be better if this was a movie. I yeah. feel like I feel it like my makeup would be. Someone yeah, would be doing my hair. Weird. It would be fluffier. Something. So I know it's not a yeah. movie, but I really feel like it feels like a movie. Like, all bets are off. Burn it down. Like, what's going on? It's, But I also know, people are really being calm about it. And, like, I don't. We have to be. We have to be. You have to remain calm. That is, like, I think that's, like, the female energy right now. Like, what I was describing to my friend, I was, like, it's, like, society had been going to like, and I don't know if you're familiar with this uh, fitness company, this exercise uh, like fitness company called Orange Theory Fitness. Mm. It's just like everything in the store is orange. They play really, really loud music. It's high intensity circuit training. And you're like, your blood is like hooked up to some machine. And everybody in the whole workout room can see like your heart rate and your you're, the goal of the whole like hour and a half that you're in there is to keep your heart rate in the orange zone, Whoa. and it's like insane, insane workouts. It's it's ludicrous people who take these classes, but I know that I know people who do, and um, it's as though society has been going to these Orange Theory fitness classes for like a you know 50 year period, and who's just been speeding up and speeding up and speeding up, and then this just caused everybody to like stop going to their orange theory, theory fitness classes and like a mandatory restorative skin yoga class is like <laughs> placed upon you and it's like everybody's like forced to like have a sandbag over their like genitals and like a bolster underneath their knees and like forehead and like they're just like wrapped in blankets and it's just like it's a very in energy that's just like make you have and you have to surrender to it and try to be in a state of calm because if you're not then you're stuck in this i mean i mean it's it's crazy like it's just crazy like we're we're not a country that's used to being restricted right we're not a country that's used to thinking about others we're not a country that's used to thinking about other people's health and and the the immediate like repercussions of your actions like we are not a people that think like this right and so like to have to stand six feet apart in line at a grocery store just to get into the grocery store is like so un-american like we are used to getting what we want when we want it and moving at this accelerated the, you know the thing money is it's, grabbing pace it seems so dumb to me though that they keep us at six feet distance outside and then you go in and everyone's touching everything anyway like I mean, everywhere we go, like, all of this distancing stuff is, like, if it's going to travel, it's going to travel. Like, if you have it and you go into a store, everything you touch now has it, right? Like, Yeah, but, yo, I'm wearing those gloves. Okay. I'm wearing those gloves. I've got gloves on my hands. I'm not touching. And when I I come home and I I spray everything down, I, like, (laughs) 
like, I don't want to get it. I don't want to get it. I'm scared of this, like, this thing you, you know, that's, like, traveling. The only thing I'm scared, I'm not scared of getting it. I'm scared of being a vector for it because other people will shame me. My fear with it ah, isn't about getting sick. I'm 45 and I ain't going to get sick. I'm going to be fine when I get it, when everyone gets it or whatever, the cold or whatever it is that we all get. Right, I'm going to be fine. Right. I'm in good shape. I haven't been drinking that much lately. My body's great. I'm eating well. I am yeah. I don't have respiratory issues. I don't have yeah. any high blood pressure. I have really low breath. I mean, I'm healthy. So yeah. I'm not worried about me getting sick myself. I'm worried that if someone, if I am a carrier, that they could be like, now you're in the FEMA camp. And somehow that, because I do live in a fantasy world and a movie really in my head, I'm like, oh my God, if I got sick, what what are they going to do with the people that are sick? Are they just going to take away their civil liberties and be like, okay, now you're over here. Now you have to live here or you have to stay here. In Los Angeles, the Mercy, the U.S. Navy Mercy ship that came into the port of Los Angeles, they're moving the non-COVID-19 patients onto the Mercy Navy ship Whoa. so that they can have room for the COVID patients in the hospital. So wow. how would that feel? You're in the hospital, not for anything scary, like maybe it's scary, but it's like not COVID-19, yeah, like, and all of a sudden they're moving you onto a fucking Navy ship hospital. I was just <laughs> like, thinking about that, like, um, I was cutting... happening right now. It, I was Some cutting... I just had a heart attack and being moved onto the Navy ship hospital. Or the, like, I was, I was cutting something with a knife, and I thought, oh my god, don't cut yourself. Don't cut yourself at any time, because if you actually do cut yourself, yes. you can't go to the hospital to get yes. stitches. Yes. Don't hurt yourself. Don't trip. Don't yes. skateboard. Don't fall off anything. Don't it's a time to be very don't get, cautious. Yeah, be cautious. Because if you did, because yeah. I was thinking about that, I was cutting something with a knife, and I was like, sharpen oh. your knives. Yeah. Sharpen your knives. Like if I cut but my hand really badly, I wouldn't want to go to the hospital. I'd super glue it. Be like, fuck I it. Know. I've been nicking myself. My hands are all nicked because I've been so nervous. I like mm. been nervously like chopping carrots and like nicking my knuckles and like I tried to open a takeout carrier. I was my boyfriend went and got out like got to go from a Thai restaurant, and I was so like nervous when I was opening up the to-go container that I like sliced my pointer finger in the container on the plastic like, oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah on the plastic I sliced my finger open from a plastic container because I was just like nervously opening my to-go food because I was like oh my god yeah I feel like people are like if you don't have a practice to like keep your uh your stress down it's not like we and, and and in some ways, this like stay at home is like, it's for some people like staying at home is fine. You have a partner that you respect that respects you that's like nice to you. But like, you know, some people are not as lucky and not in such like environments that are conducive to a calm, stress-free zone. And right. It's like, oh, well, that's not very comedic. This isn't very no, no. Funny. Hey, it doesn't. It's so hard. We did a we did a Zoom thing tonight. It is so it's weird so to, to try to right do now. comedy for people on a video. It is so antithetical to anything that I'm used to. I did it anyway, but still. Yeah. Ugh. That's good practice. That's I good guess. practice. 
Like, look at me perform in front of a camera. What would I do? I feel like it's. I'm. I feel like it's. I like I feel like I was in junior high again, auditioning for the for the Disney Channel or something, <laughs> where I like had a VHS thing and I'd like press play and run around to the side and be like, "Hey Disney, I want to be on your show." And then like, you know, sing a little song and do a little dance. Felt like I know. that. Yeah, I'm watching now on the PBS Science uh, Food Science Show. They're they're literally showing like in like five minutes of this man milking a cow. Oh, like I'm yeah. looking at cow nips. Ooh, long I and feel weird. Bad for the cows, yo. Does that feel good to them? Like, do they wish it was a baby milk, like eating them, or do they like this male hand? That's a good question. They have to uh, roll down. I, you know, cows, seeing a cow nipple like that makes me feel just so much better about my own nipples because I feel like they're so big. But not yeah, as. But, but then in comp- perspective, you know, when you look at a cow's udder, which has like four That's weird nipply appendages, exactly. like mine are fine. They're fine. Yeah, yours are fine. They're fine. I was watching The Godfather last night. The and, Godfather? Uh, which you know, one? Godfather, the first one. Oh, good. And I was looking at the girl who he marries, the, like, Italian girl. She's very young. <laughs> and she shows her full breasts, and her breasts look to be about 15 years old. Oh. <laughs> so, like, she was very young, that actress, whoever she was. Young. Well, boobs. Everyone loves boobs. You know, boobs. I think... This is a strange theory, and it, I don't know if it's a joke or not, but I did learn it in a gender studies class in, like, the 90s, so I sort of believe it. But that women have more of a propensity to be bi because we are able to birth children, and they can suckle, and we can love them. You can love a boy and a girl equally because yeah. you're able to care for them and literally, like, feed them yeah. so you can create a an intimate connection with both men and women. With both genders. With it both genders. Matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. My bi is made sense by that. I feel that. <laughs> right on. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other... Would you, uh, uh, tell everybody again about your Instagram, 1245 to 145. 1245 to 145 Pacific. Monday um, through yeah, Thursday. Monday through Thursday. Because I'm predicting don't go to a five-day work week after this like i hope after this is all said and done whenever we do get back to normal it will never be normal again to go monday through friday work week i think we're going to do monday through thursday that's my hope that's my dream sure that we cut it down because like i don't think we're needed to work as much as we were working <laughs> like, i don't oh, think we need to work that much I right mean, now, so much is automated. I don't think we need to do it. So I'm doing Monday through Thursday, 12:45 to 1:45 on Instagram. My handle is Joanna Bateman. That's J-O-A-N-N-A-B-A-T-E-M-A-N-S. Joanna Bateman's Instagram. And uh, on Monday, I've got comedian Marcus Howard. Oh right, he's hilarious. He's hilarious. He's so funny. And I also have this woman from Los Angeles. She's like a Reiki healer. And we're going to talk about, like, intentions and, like, the shadow side of this current moment. Wow. So, like, the power of our words and just setting some intentions for the week of, like, what I want my, my show to be, which is a place of connection and lightheartedness and, like, 
positivity and, and just like fuck it like this is the entertainment wild wild west now like everything is shut down people aren't together like everybody's at home staring at their phones so i'm trying to like be on that yeah hell yeah catch it while it's hot baby <laughs> yeah you know so anyways that's my thing but pam i love you so oh, much Trina, you're for the best. having me on yeah thank you for calling in to mutiny radio we're still here. You can, you can stream us all the time. Get our app. And uh, thank you again, Joanna Bateman, for calling in. Yay! Bye-bye. All right, bye. Yay, love you, bye. Yay. Uh, yes, you can. You can, uh, you can get our app. That's what you can do. You can stream us live. It's uh, free on your iPhone. You could also listen on your Samsung or whatever us to mutinyradio.fm if you're listening now. Or maybe you're listening to this later. I'm going to move some things over to the night playlist. So, yeah, Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse, it seems like it's no longer, doesn't it? It's kind of sad uh, that we don't have comedians for you. Sorry. But I will put on some lovely, most likely, flat black plastic, and he will be back tomorrow. I believe I will also be back tomorrow for the afternoon show. Oh, this is, everything is all messed up here. Dang it, dang it, dang it. That motley, every day, that though. motley Able. crew, Abel Jaramillo over here just flipping everybody off, yes. looking like he just no, got really, out of court. I, mean, I don't think it's just you, it's not something you could just do six times a week for like five months and then just assume that you're going to be really good at, yeah, or be better at. I mean, it's just it's it's weird. It's it's a tough way to do it. Like, it, is is it is is comedy something that you actually saw yourself doing your entire life, even as even as a kid, or is this something yeah. that you just kind of grew into? No, I mean, I grew into it. I mean, I again, you know, I was. After high school, I was just going to college, and then I met, uh, you know, Sammy, one of my buddies from high Sammy school. Sammy obeyed, yes. Not a boy. They're looking for Abel right now. I know. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's not the police. They actually think he OD'd. Like, I know one of these assholes are parked illegally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, you're a fire truck. Uh, but the... Um, the uh, what was the question? We were talking about uh, the. Oh yeah, was this something? So was it, yeah, was this something that you saw yourself doing your never whole saw life? Myself, you know, the weird thing about stand-up is I never really saw myself doing stand-up. I, I kind of wanted to go to law school. My sister's doctor was a lawyer. I always thought it'd be really fun to be a lawyer because I like uh, I like reading. I like learning up on stuff, and then I think being in a in a courtroom battling some other dude would be hella fun. Right. Um. So that that's something that I was actually focused on doing. But then I met my friend Sammy. He was doing stand-up comedy a year into it. Brought me into uh, a couple mics, um, but that's pretty much that's basically where we started, and then you just get addicted to that man. What I was mean, your What was your Do you remember your first, first experience? Time, do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, I did Mission Pizza over there in Fremont. It was like Valentine's Day, yeah, two thousand and nine, I think. So I just go up there, and uh, again, I invited a lot of my friends. I'm from Fremont, so there's like forty of my friends, right? And I just remember going up there and just doing like twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, almost the first time. 
and I did really well because all my friends were over there. I like killed it. I was like, okay, this is really this is what I should be doing. This is awesome. And then I hit like four mics that week, and it was just like not the case. And that, yeah, it, it hurts, right? Suddenly it hurts. The world is just all like, uh, I mean, I don't know who Mark is, so this isn't funny. Why are you talking about your brother? <laughs> like, you guys know Mark. I'm like, we didn't go to your high school, sir. Okay, so how do you deal? Like, how do you deal with that rejection? Because because here's the thing about comedy, man. Like, when the crowd rejects you, you feel it immediately. Yeah, it's not like you, you put can't up a care. You, you you're not supposed to. I, oh, most definitely. Oh, I don't care. I just yell back at them. Right. I said, I'm sorry you're not too uh, smart to understand this dick joke, but right. I don't think it's not funny. <laughs> it's a very sophisticated dick joke. That's exactly you know, what's going on. When you get rejected by hot girls eight times a week, who gives right. a shit about the crowd and Billings? Well, see, that, that's... <laughs> you know, like, I mean, that's a great like, what point, what I really though. wanted was Tanya, not for you idiots to like me, so I don't give a shit. No, no, but that's a great point, though, man, because yeah. I feel like, and I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like when you get accustomed to the feeling of, yeah. of rejection, of instant yeah. rejection, it's easier to go out into the world and yeah. just be as badass as you want to yeah. because it's, it can't hurt you. It's like it's like being whooped on the back so many times that your back is just numb now yeah. at this point. So, I mean, do you find... Do, like, I don't love you. It's like, like, I don't care. You're like, I don't love These me either. jokes aren't working, Kelly. I'm at Mission Pizza. I don't love me either, okay? I know. I tell you, dude, that's, that's the thing about it. You cannot care about the crowd. You have to... Rejection... Even when you get great, you're getting rejected. I mean, there's always going to be rejection. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, even when you blow up, there's going to be roles that you're not going to get or TV shows that you're not going to be on, even if you're out there killing it. Right. So you got to get quick. Rejection should be the first thing you should actually think of. Right. So when you're happy, when the one rejection doesn't happen, you're like, you know what? Things are good. <laughs> I'm going to be it's fine. Like, uh, it's like they're serving breakfast after 10. This isn't a victory. <laughs> is there is, is there like a goal for you, though, Kabir? Like, what, what is I, – I get this question from uh, – younger comics like what is that you want to do like what where do you want to be in like five or ten years what is what is the goal that kabir singh has in mind in terms of comedy or entertainment well listen you can't put a number on when you want to achieve it but like literally my goal is i love doing stand-up comedy that's my thing i would love performing on the road 260 days a year all over america and the world repeatedly theaters and sell tickets of course fortunately you have to get on television to do that and other stuff that you have to get good at to do what you want to do um but that's that's basically the goal and really honestly the goal i mean of just going city to city and making people laugh i've pretty much already over i've already achieved i mean i get to go i mean i'm not getting paid great and there's a lot of shows that do suck yeah. but i'm still hitting that i still get to go out and make people laugh so it's a lot of fun it would be fun doing it while being getting rich, I guess. That, that would also be dope. I, I'm, is that the way to say it? Yeah. Is that the bright way to answer that question? I think that's the most direct I'd way like to do it. I'd like to get rich doing exactly what I'm what doing I right do. now. What I want to do, please. <laughs> right now please. is good. Um, I, I, just, uh, 20 more grand a show would be nice. <laughs> I know I know you're going city to city, and that definitely is one of the perks of uh, doing stand-up comedy, but you're originally from the Bay Area, Bay Area. Um, from Fremont. Uh, my, my question is this, though. Do you think that there is a huge difference between, like, Bay Area, the Bay Area comedy scene versus, out, you know, the rest of the world? And I, know, I yeah. hate to sound pretentious because I know the Bay Area people right. usually sound like, you know, our shit don't stink or something like that, right? But how, what, what is Bay Area comedy compared to somewhere on, you know, in the Midwest or, or down south? We, 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 we are literally at the best. The Bay Area is the best place to get good at stand-up because it's a melting pot, and you're going to get – all different kind of crowds throughout the week. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you could just go in there and do, I mean, there's just so many people here. Right. Uh, people talk about the Midwest like it's easy. They're the easiest crowds. Really? They're happy to see you. It's Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hate to be a dick, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're, right. they're, they're, it's way harder to impress and make people laugh at 
Roosters on a Sunnyvale when the whole Oracle and Yahoo's over there that's just trying to get drunk, or San Francisco with all these guys where you can't say anything at all. Right. You know, they're way harder than going in the – I mean, Bay Area is a perfect place to get good. I mean, this is the best place. You go to different rooms, get good. Midwest, Chicago, Denver, they're the same people. Yeah. Everyone watches the same stuff on television, I mean, is crazy. Everybody yeah. watches that. And you kind of already know how people think just by watching the news and the shows that are successful and the cartoons that do well. Yeah. They're not totally different of it. When you start going to like Glasgow and stuff where your accent, like Scotland, where you're just talking and they're like, I don't know what he's saying. Right, right, well, right. That's when it becomes an issue. Has, <laughs> has that been an issue oh, for you? Oh, Lord. I went, I lied to this promoter like four years into stand up. He's like, You're a headliner. I'm like, Yeah, headline America. Oh, this is great. He's like, Yeah, we need to headline these, uh, this like UK tour. And I was like, Hell yeah. He's like, You got an hour? I'm like, Yeah, I got an hour. At Tommy T's right. in the San Jose Improv. I'm four years in. <laughs> right. They throw me to Glasgow and like Birmingham, and I'm just up there. It's like, this is going to be tough. <laughs> I mean, Glasgow, they just stared at me. I've never seen it. I was an hour. That was good. I still had an hour of good shit. I was yes. doing it. But it was just 45 minutes, and people were just looking at me like, I don't understand a word that's coming that's out of That's incredible. Time. And I'm like, it's English. Right. And they tell me something. It's like, I don't understand what you're saying. This it's, is weird. It's two people speaking English, completely different accents. Same don't know language. what the hell. Yeah. So so what's going on in your mind? I mean, you're talking about going overseas to do comedy. Oh, yeah. And you're, you kind of, you know, you're kind of gassing yourself up to this guy by saying, yeah, I got an hour. Oh, I mean, course. so, so what all else those. are you going to tell the guy? It's you're not going to say no. Two grand a show. Yeah, you're not going to say no. An hour, sir. Yeah. <laughs> of course. So what Which you, hour would you like? <laughs> what are you thinking in those? What are you thinking in those 45 minutes where they're just the watching? I'll you? bring it, sir. Well, no, no. What are you thinking in, the, in that time where, they, where you're just being judged? <laughs> Oh, do, while I was bombing? Yeah. Oh, they immediately knew I wasn't shit the minute I got there. Like, <laughs> they put me on the first show in London. like 30 minutes into that, just sweating. I'm like, so you guys, uh, the McDonald's here tastes funny. Right. <laughs> just it. Scotland was tough. They didn't understand a word. But you know what? They were so polite. Like, I, I, they were just so cool that they wanted me to do well. They understand there was a language barrier. They understand that it's not my fault. Yeah. There's a lot more respect for comedians in the UK, like we're looked at, at, like there's a lot of TV shows in the UK where they just put stand-up comedians on a panel and they just talk about their opinions. Right, Something right, right. that we would destroy here. Exactly. Yes. Shit. Like the, the structure over there, comedians are really well respected. So even though I was eating, eating it, and in my head I'm like, this is really bad. They were still not rude. They weren't booing. They were just listening, and they're like, you know, they understood when right, to clap. Yeah. But you could just tell as a comedian that, dude, none of this is working, and you're you're not going to get paid. You're not, you're not getting that satisfaction, right? <laughs> you're not scratching that itch. You got a piece of paper over there, man, with some stuff written down? Did you want to read some of that stuff off? Oh, no, I want to ask a question, yeah. Oh, uh, you want, okay, go, Yeah, I want to ask you a couple questions. Oh, you want to ask me a job. question? Because, like, as a comedian, right, so I've been doing just stand-up. never had a day job while I was doing stand-up, at least, other than the telemarketing I did at 15, trying to hook up with that girl. Rejection again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the um, when you do stand up, when you have like a full time job, dude, yeah. like how do you balance the two? Like, I guess my question is if you have to do radio in the morning for a big radio show on like a Wednesday, but you get this gig in Arizona that doesn't pay anything, or a gig in LA that doesn't pay anything, but industry is there and you need to be show your face over there to do well and you got the spot. I mean, how do you pick that? Well, at this point, you know, I, I got to a point where um, I had to make a decision. It's like, look, I, I signed this contract to do this radio show that I really enjoy doing. Um, but at the same time, you know, if I, if a great opportunity comes up in uh, in L.A. or Seattle or wherever yeah. it may be, you have to make a decision. You have to choose, well, you know. Well, there's never good opportunities in Seattle. <laughs> well, yeah, 
or wherever it may be, wherever it may be, right? on the Seattle gig. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come down to uh, Topeka and see if, see if I can make that make that work. No, um, I mean, it, but again, like when you we so you you just have to weigh the options. You just right? have it's to like weigh the options. Whichever one is worth it more. I mean, if if it's a big show on a, on on the radio on Wednesday morning and I want to go to L.A. or whatever, but I but let's say they're not paying or let's say I'm not too sure about the Booker or I don't yeah. know I don't know the people that well. I might side with the radio show. Right, right. Although my first love is stand up comedy. I only got into radio because of stand up comedy. Um, that's I kind of I kind of stumbled into into sports talk radio right. and, and morning radio. So I know right. where my loyalties are. It's definitely towards comedy. But yeah, sometimes you just got to make a tough decision. And, and, what, and sometimes you do have to pass up on a gig that sounds cool. Yeah. But you're not very sure about, oh, you know, you, know, you start weighing it. Anyway. Exactly. Like, oh, this person's there, that person's there. You, you might drive seven hours. People. You might drive seven hours to get there. Oh, and all yeah. of a sudden you're getting bumped. Nine people. You're getting bumped. Your boss is calling you. So, yeah, <laughs> Where so are you? It's just a lot of hard decisions, man. You just you just got to know. But I look at it like this. It's a good problem to have, you know, because because you got two things that you love. I have two things in, that I love in my life, radio and comedy. Yeah. I get a chance to, you know, I've worked hard enough to be able to be in, engulfed in both of them. So it's a good problem to have. But I just have to make the tough decision. But radio wasn't your only job doing stand-up, though, right? You had no, no. I, before radio, like, before I actually did full-time radio, I used to sell asphalt for a, for a uh, construction company. Geez. I was an asphalt estimator. Estimator. I would, I would go Go to your parking lot. I would measure it all out. I. Uh, Were you good uh, at that? I was pretty good. You, dude, let me tell everything. you something. Let me tell you something. Asphalt is a lucrative industry. I can it's imagine. everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere. You really don't think about it until you actually start selling it, and then you yeah. look around. And you're like, God damn! Every single road, every single freeway, almost all driveways. Yeah, you know, no, it's all. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm telling you, man. But you don't notice it until you're actually making money off of it. That's gangster. So well, yeah. What time did you have to go to work for that? That was when you're in sales. You kind of have more of an open oh, schedule. Yeah. So, you, so you know, you can make your own schedule. You so that one that, with a Big Mac. All, all the time, bro. One o'clock. I'm, I'm that looks like shit. Yeah, Give it doesn't matter. It's all cracked up. But I got an In-N-Out burger, so I'm good to go. So this is a brand new building. (laughs) Pull your pants up. But what was the worst thing about, uh, like, out of all the jobs you had while doing stand-up? And I still, I I can't imagine this not being radio just because of the the timing. But what was the worst thing about any job you had while you had to mix it in with stand-up? Ooh, uh, I'd say, okay, I'd say the worst thing about um, this one job I had where I was basically customer service. Uh, and I sat in a cubicle all day, and I sold. You, you ever seen the? You ever seen Office? You know, space? The, the Office, the Office, right? Oh, the, the Office. show, the yeah, Office. You I know was how close. they? You I know how close. they? Yeah, very close. Far away it well, the Office. I got one word right, actually. The <laughs> Office space sentiment. That was my <laughs> life, sitting in that cubicle. I've definitely had that feeling. But just like the Office, the TV show, I actually sold paper products. No way. So I was selling paper plates, selling paper cups. My whole life was paper. It was just a sad state of affairs. <laughs> it, I was just everything in my life was was bendable and breakable and rippable because I, I was just engulfed in this paper world so that that was the worst part about doing that job customer service for a person like me yeah. is that i hate sitting down for yeah. hours at a time i hate being quiet for hours at a time <laughs> i'm on the phone and i'm on the computer all day which i cannot just i cannot stand that and it would burn the fat off my soul dude so when i would leave there that's at five what, o'clock so scared to hear there when i would crazy. leave there at five o'clock yeah. i hated life life And and here's the thing. I lived on the same block as I worked on. Understand that. I lived on the same block as I worked on. This is over on uh, on Cherry Street. So there's like no commute. You just walk. It was just, I would just, every day I wake up, I walk to work, I I burn on the inside, then I'd go home, smoke some weed, cry for a little while, and then, and then just listen to sports talk radio and then just repeat in the morning. It was the saddest, it was the saddest time in my life, man. You just hated paper, like you, you, you refused to write jokes on paper. Yeah. Now I'm like Jay-Z, man. I just freestyle everything. Give me cardboard. I'm not using this shit. (laughs) Cardboard. What do you mean there's no cardboard? 
cardboard. Isn't this the improv? So that was it right there, man. That was that was the uh, the worst. You guys need cement or paper? <laughs> I can't imagine having to do that shit because like it just it's gotta be worse if you do the, a show. Yes. Bomb. Wake up in the morning. Sell no paper. Sell no paper. It's <laughs> like that was a fun 24. It's a terrible. Yeah, I had a lot of those 24. The, the 72 hour power. The 72 power hours. I get you to see you getting you bumped on a show. It's like you don't know how much I need this. Size. I need this. I gotta sell All these right. cups. The paper industry is literally crashing. <laughs> They've got these notes on the phone now. It's just This is crazy, man. What's the single worst moment of your life at a day job? Other than getting fired. Ooh, single worst moment of my life. Um, I worked at a liquor store. For a long Damn, time, dude, how actually. How many jobs did you I've have? I've had many dude? jobs, my friend. How old are you here? Like uh, let, nine. Let, I, I mean, I've, t- I've done everything, man. I've, I worked. My first job was when I was eight? 11 years old. Who, no. Oh, what were you doing at 11? At 11 years old, I was Legally. stocking. I was stocking beers and soda. That is so illegal. I'm not, I'm not even supposed to touch the beer, but I was stocking beers and soda. And, and by the time I was 13, I moved myself up to the register, and I was working the register. You moved yourself I was, up? Well, I mean, I had worked myself <laughs> up to the register. You became right? manager at 11 and a half. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking start working the cashier. I'm assistant manager at 12. Are heavy. I was. Hey, hey, real question about the beer. You ever fucking? Did you ever slide a beer in? Did oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude. I said I got just a drunk Rudy watching. Dude, Dodgers. First, first time I got base. drunk, I snuck some club mudslides out of the liquor store, and I drank them on the side of the liquor store next to the dumpster, and I got super drunk, and then I went home to go play Nintendo all day. It was it was crazy. That's the life, dude. That was the real life. Before rejection. When I was 13 years old, I worked my way up to the register, and the funniest thing ever, dude. They used Who's to, the boss? Sorry, Indian. My, no, this uh, this uh, Italian, I know some Indian Italian like, dude. What are you? How old? <laughs> 22 okay well you can sweep you don't look mexicans are getting <laughs> younger by you look 10 but okay grab the beer he was he was a, he's an italian guy that's italian actually dude. been in this neighborhood uh for a long time and they've owned the shop for a long time he gave me a job at 11 because i used to go in there all the time and <laughs> and and buy baseball cards and i got that was my first job when i was 13 years old kabir i was asking grown men for their id before, before i sold them their malt liquor i would have stole that liquor you probably would have whooped my ass at 13 dude too. i, I used I used to, at 13 years old, I used to be like, hey, man, here's a, I need to see your ID. And then they, like, pull out their wallet halfway. Yeah. And then they think about it and look at me and be like, let me see your ID. Yeah. Where's your ID at, you know? And, but that was just, that was my job at the time. Where's but, your father? I need cigarettes. You but, can't but handle the, that. The worst time I ever had was when I got robbed. I got robbed in the liquor store, man. Robbed at the liquor yeah, store Yeah, I got, I had a gun placed right so to your cheek. And you're like, thir- how old were you? No, I wasn't 13. I was like. Actually, I worked there for a long time, so I was probably like 19. 19? Yeah. That's still pretty young now. Yeah, it's young. still pretty bad. I had a gun pressed up to my Is this cheek. Is another liquor store? You no, worked same there for liquor 14 store. years. Same liquor store. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You worked there from 11 to 9? When did you leave? I, dude, I used to work there, like, you know, they sporadically. Shut that shit down. You got to leave. I've been here since I was 11. <laughs> right? I'm like chaining Fuck myself McDonald's. to the wall. <laughs> Fill that somewhere else. That was it, man. That was, that was probably the single worst time. I, I mean, I've had some pretty bad dude, jobs. going through your head? Uh, I'm going to die. Was he Indian? No, he was. I think I'm pretty sure he was black. Give yeah, me sure all of your dude. shit. Yeah, he's, everything, Gotta dude. Everything. I, I, I just opened up the register and just started handing over handfuls of yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you gonna do? You know, I don't care. Yeah, you know, I'm do trying to live. Yeah. I'm trying to survive. You know. Sir, I've had my puberty in here. If you think you're walking <laughs> out here with a fucking dime, I've got another thing coming. All right, I have to get high and play Nintendo in four hours. <laughs> yes. I can't have you taking my boss's shit. Oh my god. That sounds like a That's terrible one, man. day, dude. That's What'd the one. What did you do after you got robbed? Uh, I just basically stood there, stunned for yeah. about 15 minutes. Um, people, people. Were, 
didn't even call the people police. People were coming in, sir. People were coming in. There was like a long line of people lining up, and I was just sitting there, like just stunned for like 15 to 20 minutes. And I couldn't believe. Can what I happened. just get a Snicker bar? I know you just got robbed, but I really <laughs> need the Snicker bar. My wife's being a bitch. It was rough, man. <laughs> it was rough. That that, but that was the bottom. That was hands down the worst moment. Hands down. There's no. What else could it be worse? You told the ultimate tale of it. Actually, what to, could be worse? Actually, Something to be honest with you, cut my hand off. To be honest with you, now when I think about it, sometimes I think about the fact of how I actually hated my life yeah. when I worked at the paper company right. versus that one moment where I was scared for my life. Yeah. And honestly, man, I think maybe hating your life for about <laughs> four years was probably still worse than having a gun pressed to your face at and 19. Yeah, could you imagine? That was, that was one moment of terror and a lifetime of stories. I got to tell you. That right there was four years of my life that I robbed. wasted that I just I can't get back. I got to rob somebody. I got to rob God. Out of paper. Give me all Sorry. your leads. <laughs> yeah. Trevor, this is, it's way too early for this. Is that a gun? Oh, man. <laughs> No, that's got to be badass. I couldn't imagine doing it. I couldn't imagine being robbed at a liquor store. Yeah. I would definitely give them all the money, but I would also like you gotta give it up. doing something weird, like giving them tickets to shows, too. You got to give it up, man. <laughs> hmm? Are we going to do the. Uh, they said just stop talking and we're going to do Oh, do we? Because it's like 10, 21. Or, yeah. Oh, we can keep talking. This is dynamite no. shit. No, they. Hey, they told, me hey. Not, they told me not to stop or not to say anything. Just stop and then get back in there. Hell yeah. I'm on fire. <laughs> These stand-up jokes are going to be terrible. We're not going to okay, eat no, any of that. Just keep it rocking. That's why I, didn't, I don't want to say anything. We'll just keep you guys need going. a break? The walls are okay? coming down. <laughs> They're opening up. You got more questions? Oh, shit. It's almost 10-20. It is 10-20. That's, that's, why, that's why I did that. But shit. if you got more questions, keep it rolling. Is there anything else you want to ask? Anything funny you want to just end it with? What's your phrase? I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up with something. Oh, let's... For how long? Yeah, let's let's do that. I'll I'll intro. Do you want me to ask you that? Yeah, could you do me a favor? Could you just bring in um, yeah, who your favorite comedian? Yeah, you could ask me uh, who my favorite comedians were. All right. And then I'm just gonna uh tell you the fact that I never watched stand up until I started it. Okay, cool. Okay. Jay, you gotta call it, man. <laughs> All right, you guys ready? All right, we're set. All right. All right, it's the Rare Formcast here with Rudy Ortiz and my guest, Kabir Singh. We've been talking about everything today, man. We got into sports. We even made some bets today. Yes, we did. We've been talking a little bit of comedy uh, for the last couple of minutes. Um, but I want to ask you, though, man, you know, of course, you're doing your thing. You're going everywhere and, and just making a name for yourself. But what are some of the names in comedy um, that you either looked up to or admired or were really into yeah. their, their style? What, what are some of the names that, that, that come to mind? Yeah, a stand -up. I was a super late bloomer when it came to stand-up. I don't think I started watching stand-up until, like, Maybe I think the first stand-up comedy I've ever saw on TV was like maybe six months before I went on stage. Wow! And it didn't didn't blow me away or anything. I couldn't even tell you who I saw actually, but I did see it. But um, the first live show I ever did was the Rooster Teeth Feathers comedy competition when right. Sammy won it. Right. And then I saw that. That was my first live comedy show. And then I went back and I started watching stand-up. And really, I mean, that was not you know, it was like Dave Chappelle, Dane Cook, those guys. I mean, it sucks whenever I talk to old school people. They just hate me immediately. They, Five yeah. seconds of talking. What kind of comedy do you like? Ah, I started watching that about uh, nine years ago. Because <laughs> uh, they, they don't like the fact that you're – they probably feel like, oh, this guy – Yeah, and I went back. I mean, I knew the, the social pressures of knowing – I mean, I went back and watched the stand-up from, like, Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy and stuff like that. But I don't think there was – it's weird. Like, as a comedian, I'm sure there was a comedian that inspired you to, to – 
to do stand-up. There's really – there's not, like, a comedian I could pinpoint and be like, that's the reason why I do stand-up comedy or that's who I want to be. It's kind of weird, but – No, my, mine is Paul Rodriguez because – and I say that because – No, let me tell you why. Because that was the Edit first – that, actually. I know Paul really well. That, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, Paul is still out there. Paul is still out there doing he's his gangsta, thing. Dude. But he's – I mean, just being like, a, being like a young Mexican kid, like, listening to – watching a lot of stand-up comedy because I loved watching comedy as a kid, right? right? But then when I saw Paul Rodriguez, he came out with an album a long time ago called Macaroni – or Mac and Cheese or Mac Macaroni and Cheese. I think it was yeah. called Macaroni and Cheese. Um, and that was the first ever CD or anything audio that I actually ever purchased. What year was that? I don't want – I want to say Were 19 – Were you 11 working at the liquor store? <laughs> yeah, it was, my, it was my liquor store money. Um, I, I want to say like 1994, 93, okay. wow. something like that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I bought that. I went to Suncoast. I, I bought it at Suncoast, uh, bought the CD, bought the album, and that was it right there, man. Once I heard Paul Rodriguez, I was like, this is – You this ever is, work with this him? This is cool. No, never had a chance to work For with him. For real? I've met him a couple of times, but never – I saw him at, over at, uh, at the radio station, came in. He came in a couple of times to do um, – some, nice some sets yeah real real nice guy real cool that's guy cool. that's cool that you have that kind of guy because when i was growing up there was no indie, i mean for you i mean i, I don't sure it was just because he was was uh was well Hispanic, him, him being I mean, mexican definitely helped the situation it for did, me but like I mean, it a, probably wasn't the game breaker but for me like russell didn't blow up till like 1999 right. and i don't think i really watched his stuff until way later until he already blew up but yeah yeah it's cool man stand-up is great there's a lot of great comedians i i like watching the comedians that are just uh that that just I get to work with. I mean, there's so many. It's crazy going to like when you're doing a show in like Chicago and Boston. Just your feature and openers alone. Those yes. guys are like killers. Some of that. Yes. Like, what is this guy trying to make my life harder right now? I don't. It, know. Is 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 the, be on the same team here? It's <laughs> nothing to prove here. I mean, is that a thing though? Do you get that a lot? Like yeah, like when dude. you when you featured oh. before, do comics ever like say, you know what? I don't want to know. I don't know if Kabir's is the right, right feature because he might blow it out the water. Then I gotta yeah. follow him. Uh, there's been the three times I've ever been kicked out of stand-up com like getting canceled from weekends. Two of them. Or from when I was featuring for other comedians, they're like, we don't even want to. But it's so rude to do that because number right. one, I always hated on them. But I was like, that's such stupid. That's so dumb. You're headlining. You should be able to do whatever. And then you'd go there and do it. And then you know they, they wouldn't even ask you to take it down. You just get canceled. But then when I started headlining and started going to like, <laughs> like you know, like Atlanta should do the shows, and I'm just all like, yeah, could you tell this guy to calm down here? <laughs> We're just trying to have a good just time. Ease up, right? Yeah, here, yeah, yeah. But like you know, the feature spot's obviously the easiest opening spot. But like. Uh, it is weird though, like that you get, you gotta like, but again, there's a lot of great comedians out there that that just are stuck at that spot because they don't have the TV credits to headline. It has right. nothing to do with their stand-up. I was stuck featuring for like five years before I got on Stand-Up Revolution. Uh, before that, it was basically just me bearing other headlines. You make enemies doing that; they don't yeah. like you anymore. Do you, do you do you find that do you find that you have like a way of writing jokes or or something that works specifically for you? Because I know that's something that comics you know comics all have a different way of coming up with material. Yeah. What is what is your way? Do you have a formula that works for you? Or? I, I do have a formula, and I think we're gonna try it out actually. Because what I do is I I don't really write like I don't sit there and have like a structure of the way I write my jokes. What I do is I come up with premises, and then I will go on stage ah. or just kind of. Tell people with my friends, could you listen to me? And then we will build a joke together. Yes. I mean, what happens is someone will give me like uh, – and a lot of times I won't use that specific idea, but someone will show something like, okay, what if you do this, which I'm going to do right now actually because okay. I want to try this actually because I do have a – I've been doing a bunch of sets this week, and there's three jokes that I've been working on, two actually that I don't want to do. When you come up with the premise – you just kind of go out there and say it, and you try to help it out. So I got a joke about aliens. I've always wanted a UFO joke, and I've written like five in the past, and they've all sucked. Right. So this is the only one where I thought I came up with a really good premise. So I'm going to throw it out there. And well, you got a, you got a microphone right there, but we actually do have a stage here. Um, we do. With, with the Would microphone, you, with the microphone set up. Um, well, you might as well just. Right there you go. That was a good bridge, though, right? 
Brace is good? Yeah, yeah it's good. I'm actually good. I had another one in there, so I'm good. That sounds like a wonderful idea, Mr. Monet. I'll be delighted to come. And Mr. Boynton, do you speak for him as well? Mr. Boynton has been spoken for many times. The trouble is he doesn't answer. <laughs> oh, you mean about tonight. Yes, Mr. Monet, I feel sure I can speak for Mr. Boynton. Oh, fine. I'll be leaving then. I'll walk you to the door, Mr. Monet. Oh, my address is uh, 9066 Shawm Drive. Try to get there before 10. And I'm sure that as my students say... We will have a ball. <laughs> I'm sure that we will. Yes, until tonight then, Miss Brooks. Stay in the groove. Oh, Natch, Mr. Monet, Natch. <laughs> and Mr. Monet. Yes? Don't take any wooden pranks. <laughs> Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, will return in just a moment. But first, here is Vern Smith. Ladies, regardless of age, skin type, or previous beauty care, doctors prove you too may win a lovelier complexion with palm olive soap. But to win this lovelier complexion, the kind men admire and women envy, you must stop improper cleansing. Instead, use palm olive soap the way doctors advise. Remember, 36 doctors, leading skin specialists, advised 1,285 women, many with complexion problems, to use palm olive this way. Some have dry skin, some oily, some coarse looking. Using palm olive soap alone, two out of three won lovelier complexions. Now, here's what the doctors advise Wash your face with palm olive soap. Massaging for one minute with Palm Olive's Soft Lather. This cleansing massage brings your skin Palm Olive's full beautifying effect. Rinse. Do this three times a day for 14 days. It's that simple. But doctors have proved this way using nothing but Palm Olive really works. So forget other beauty care. Use Palm Olive soap alone for a lovelier complexion. For loveliness all over, use big, thrifty bath-size palm olive in your tub or shower. After Mr. Monet left, I tried to get Mr. Boynton on the phone to tell him about the invitation. But ours is a party line, a four-party line to be exact, and every time I picked up the receiver, it was in use. Always careful not to lose my temper, I sat by the phone and drummed lightly on the top of the table until my five fingernails were impaled in the mahogany. <laughs> then I tried it once more. As sure as my name is Lucy Schofield, that's the only way to treat man there, boss. Believe me, if I had to do it all over again, Emma, I'd... Oh, excuse me a minute, dear. I think a snowball roast burning in the kitchen. Now, that's a coincidence. And if you're listening to Mutiny Radio, you've made a great choice because they're still filming this cool thing. Yay! The rare form of cast. Here we go. Uh, are you gonna Are you gonna come around now? Are you gonna start on this side? Or you gonna I'm gonna start on this side. You are gonna start on this side. I'm gonna get out of the way. Um, that's what I was thinking. The, I was gonna say my camera died right when Rudy was doing his little intro. Into so I'll, that. I'll grab Rudy. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
punchline, yeah. and then you you know like make it a pretty quick like transition, but like yeah, don't don't try it. stand up and walk away like <laughs> like walk cro- like like leave him when I'm done talking to him can I just or yeah, yeah stay leave him, leave him dusted like like use that as no, I, mean, I, mean, I think that's a little too stagey okay think, cool uh, just stay here you guys are still friends for fuck's cool. sake <laughs> <laughs> you're you're gonna gonna that's what I was asking I was like how hard are you gonna go but I see what you're saying no 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 you're not gonna tell him to lock up yeah yeah but he just wants to be more well I'll talk when I feel like you know okay you run that by me real quick he's gonna so after, okay, after the Again. stage shit, you're going to come back in here. He's going to say, uh, you know, I, okay, I got to get out of here. I'm going to go pick up Jay. Jay Rich. Go man. try to do his job with him at the barbershop. See you later. You can, you'll wrap it up. Thank you for coming. And you'll say, okay, I'm clear. And then you'll kind of speak straight with him. Don't be, don't be like fucking a dick, yeah. mean or anything. Yeah. No, you can like, be a little bit mean. But just, you but be just truthful tell mean like how we yeah, are. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, just be straight. You know, yeah. Like, covering. the show is off now. I don't have to be. Mr. Show, right. I can yeah, just be real with you. I like the angle of be real as a friend. This isn't gonna work. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What's not gonna work? Like you trying to be, you trying to do the day jobs. Yeah. Should we just? Oh like yeah. That, that's that's yeah, my motivation. Like, like, like I'm telling no you, yeah, yeah, like, I know you. I, I've seen you work before. Can I respond? I can say that. Yeah. Oh, I can say that. It's your reaction. It's your reaction. Beautiful. It's you know however you want to play that. However you feel about this shit, yeah. honestly, should come through. I'll show you. I'll show you, world. Father. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Where right. am I? <laughs> <laughs> I went blind with rage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are you doing now? 
Oh, do I? Yeah. Are we already? Like, we're still sitting. Just try to favor yeah, you're sitting. You're, you're doing reach. the. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. setting them up again for the stage shit. The stage shit, yeah. And then we're gonna do that part. Come here, look. So I'm gonna start it off with the process, and then you mentioned yeah, your jokes. Speed. Okay. Oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah, I'm gonna start process off. Process like, to jokes again? No, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna be like, Got tell it. me about your process. Okay. okay. And I just walk out and do the stage work. Yeah. Yeah, so here's the thing, Kabir. Like, one of the things that I get asked a lot from other comics and really just like normal, you know, audience members in general yeah. uh, is about the process for, for actually coming up with the material. Do you have a process for your material? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a structure on how I'm going to write stuff. Uh, what I do is I come up with premises, and then what I'll do is just, I'll just randomly just kind of go hit up the open mics, throw them out there, see what comes up at the top of my head. Um, and then, you know, other comedians, you know, in the community will kind of help you out. Uh, and, and stuff like that. So sometimes it could be like brainstorming when you're yeah, talking about tagging yeah. and stuff like that. Well, once you get the premise, you can kind of go up there and figure out what you want to do. And then you, once you say it out loud, you kind of hear it and kind of right. figure it out. It's, it's better than just a pen and pencil. Well, uh, a, a pen and paper because you don't you just you don't hear it. You know I mean, it's interesting because that's usually the that's that's the conventional method. People want right. to sit down, quiet place. Yeah. Don't want to be interrupted. I need to put my thoughts right, right. onto the pad. But you're saying that you're really just coming up with the premise right. and then making it making it grow from there. Exactly. Like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do this right now. There's like two jokes that I want to try out that I've been that I've been working on okay. mentally. But um, you know, you're just gonna go out there and do it. But for most too many comedians are afraid of going up there and just bomb it and just coming up with ideas. That's the whole point of this. So. That's real. That's real. So, so, I so it, you could actually help me write this joke. I want to be a part I, of this. I will walk you through the joke, and then I will also tell you where I need help with. All right, take your take your bits. Right. Hit that stage that we got set up at the front of the room, and uh, and then we'll go from there. Kabir Singh. Wow, I didn't I didn't think we were gonna get a chance to see uh, Kabir Singh live in action. Actually, actually doing being a part of the process. I'm excited by this. You come up with a premise. And then you just throw it out there and figure it out. Like um, Kabir Singh, ladies and gentlemen. Kabir oh, Singh. Yeah, 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 coming to the stage, this, this guy. It looks like the same uh, attendance as, uh, as my usual shows, actually. <laughs> I feel very good about this. Um, like, so I have this joke. I've always wanted to, uh, I've always wanted to write a, a joke about aliens, which is uh, kind of weird. But, like, shit. Mm. Improv, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, animals. <laughs> yeah, right. Come back Should they be getting sick? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, Try it again. Come on, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to the to the betting. All right, we'll do the process thing again. Then we'll do we do the process thing again? Or do I just say, all right, let's do this? Okay, so. Got right. it. All right, let's go do this. Let's do it, man. Let's rock it out. I get a chance to actually be a part of your process here, which is going to be fun for me. Cause, uh, yeah. Because, yeah, because this is basically brainstorming right now. Yeah, it is brainstorming. You know, you don't have the whole the whole joke, but you could do it in front of other funny people and they'll help you of out. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, Kabir Singh. All right, so uh, I've always wanted to write a joke about aliens, so I thought this would be funny. Uh, 
My worst fear in life is to be abducted by UFOs. Mm. Uh, not because I'm afraid of aliens. I don't care about aliens. I'll slap them in the face. Uh, what, what I don't want to do is be the uh, representative for Earth. Because <laughs> when you get abducted by aliens, they're going to ask you questions about what's going on there. And I'll, I'll ruin it for all of us. I'm not a smart person. <laughs> right? So I'm pretty sure like the alien, like what would be one of the things an alien would ask? Uh, yeah, what do you eat? Yeah, so I was thinking, like, but we probably, yes, so eat. That's a good one. See, there you that's go. why it's, it's working. The process is working. I would say, like, I would be a really bad representative for Earth because I'm pretty sure the alien would be like, uh, who's your leader? And I'd probably be like, uh, it could be you if you play your cards right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go downstairs and take over the world. You've got weapons, right? You right. Know, something weird like that. But food is another good incorporate, one. You can incorporate, since you're, since you're going to abandon your species, you can incorporate some sort of, like, gentrification of it all. Like, you're going to be, the aliens are going to gentrify Earth, and it's going to be a lot of alien hipsters walking around here, little mustaches, little unicycles, something like that. Just something like that. It's going to be like, well, we're all one down there. Right. Uh, and also maybe incorporate something funny, be like, is LeBron James one of you guys? <laughs> right. Jumping over cars down there, and we've never seen anything like it. He plays for the Monstars from, right. from Space Jam. There you go. Something weird like that. And here's the other joke that I think I have down. I'll try it out. It's uh, is that uh, I do have a girlfriend now, and uh, her best friend uh, is a gay dude who sent her a dick pic, ah. which is weird, right? Uh, and he claims it's an accident. But first of all, I don't think he's gay. I think he's straight. He's just trying to hook up with my girlfriend. Number two, uh, it's really hard to accidentally send a dick pic. There's a lot of steps to send a dick pic, right? You got to grab your phone, turn your phone on, pull your pants down, look at your dick, pull your pants back up, go on the internet, find a bigger dick, take a picture of that, send that. It's a lot of steps. Right. <laughs> so that's pretty much what we're trying to work on over there. And you can tell you can tell when the guy is insecure with his dick pic because oh. he'll always put like something next to it to show the scale. Oh, to that's see right. so, so you can see exactly how Anything big it is. Ruler, right? Yeah, Anything like, but a ruler. like he'll probably put like a roll of nickels next to it a and roll. just just so you understand that he's working with something. That's right. It's, it's, it's a, this battery. It's the secure dudes. The what secure dudes are the ones that just point the camera down and click. That's Those are right. the secure guys. The insecure and that's how you do it. See, we just came up with some stuff right there. I'm right. going to write it down now. I love the aliens one. With you. If, if, if the guy has a bunch of stuff in the backdrop of his dick pic, he's yeah. very insecure. And he, yeah. wants to, he wants to distract you from what's really going on right. and make you see the backdrop like, or something. It's like a hotel with miniature shampoo and stuff. Like, <laughs> right. Hey, no, just hanging out at Target. That's not Target. He's got the there. New York skyline behind his dick for some odd reason. That's the Hyatt. Yes. Okay. I see that. I, uh, this you is the process. You want to do So that's basically my process. What I'll do is I'll hit up the open mic just like I did, and I'll literally talk about the joke while I'm doing the joke. Right. It annoys some people, but who gives a shit? Who cares? You know, it's like, this is the way I do it. They already paid their money anyways. Laugh. Yeah. You're already getting paid at the end of the night. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Exactly. So that's the best I like way that. for me to write. I like so Kabir, Kabir Singh, ladies and gentlemen. That's Give it up. Right. There Thank we go. You, Rudy, huh? nice <laughs> I'll give you a one-man applause. Yeah, I know. A golf clap. A little golf clap. So, so this is – okay, now this time you did it um, – on stage, like right. you're actually on stage. I don't yep. know if that's typically how you do it, but I understand the concept behind right, this, right. though. It's about bringing a premise to the forefront and then building off that. I like that. Right. This is, like, very organic. How do you do it when you're not actually on a stage talking to, you know, somebody who's, like, right in front of you, like, critiquing you? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 tough. Like, what I'll do is I'll just annoy my friends and start open micing it with them sometimes. With your buddies. You're just oh, hanging yeah. out with your buddies. Oh, I do that with my mom all the time. Oh, she ah. hates it. She's like, why don't you come back when the jokes are good, please? That'd be okay. <laughs> right. I am not a test dummy. And I'm like, Mom, you, you got to – this is gold. Um, but no, really, listen, there's no excuse to not hit mics, man. I mean, yeah. really, any city, 
I mean, you could be anywhere and you could hit up a mic. So really, it is best to go on stage and just throw those out there. I mean, do people kind of do, especially your comedy friends? I yeah. can imagine. Do they kind of call you out on that? Like, dude, don't open mic me right, right now. Right, right, right. Oh, well, like, well, like, do your friends ever say that? Or I do it with my friends, but who have no idea what's going on? Oh yeah, dude. I'll they just, just like, they just think you're being extremely clever yeah. and very witty and yeah. oh that oh that Kavir, he's always got a snapper. I'll just be at my cousin's birthday party. He's like 15. Sell Trump, huh? Have you seen this guy? He's like, please, uncle. Oh man, it's my birthday. That's incredible, man. I, I'm, Get your kids over here. You guys want to hear a comedy show? I'm di- well, what's actually what's the youngest what's the youngest crowd that you've ever done? I mean, have you ever done a oh show like specifically for kids? I've done Indian weddings where they won't even tell me there's kids. Oh my god, those wow. are the worst shows ever. I did like an Indian reception once, and I show up, and it's just literally like eight, seven-year-olds to. Four-year-olds maybe just circling around me and dancing. Yes. While I'm doing my set. While you're doing your bit. While people are eating. While I'm contemplating why I didn't go to law school. Right. <laughs> this is so much. This is the worst experience ever. I mean, is that the worst setup oh, for a comedy show? Oh, it's the worst. And then when I do actual comedy shows where it is all ages, I mean, those can be fun because nobody yeah. in their right minds coming there. But when you start doing these private gigs where it just could be like young-ass kids over there, it's crazy. Yeah. This, there's my, my thing about comedy shows is I, I hate to sound you know like like I'm being uh, petty but yeah. it, it's a, it's a, a lot about the setup like if you have for example you've done you know shows at a bar before or at a restaurant right, or right. something like that um, where they're trying to put a, put on a comedy show but they just don't have the elements around the right. comedy in, in in order you know TVs yeah. are on you got music playing in the background you got the bar facing that way and yeah. the stage facing that way I mean what do you do what do you do when you have a situation where you can't get everybody's attention yeah. Yeah. But you're supposed to do 25 minutes of comedy. You know, at that point, you just have to focus on the five people that are watching. I mean, there's nothing you can do. I mean, if they're literally not going to pay attention to you, right. uh, it's never going to be 100% of the crowd not paying attention to you. Do you, you just get louder? You could. It depends how much you care about the show. Right. When, you do <laughs> right. It, when you're headlining 30 shows a month, you're just sitting there like, this one could slide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did real good yesterday. These people don't want it. We're not giving it to them. But, like, even when they're not paying attention, you just pick up the four or five that are paying attention and yeah. open mic and do some new stuff and stuff like that. But, I mean, you know, it also depends if you're getting paid or not. I mean, you – they depend on you to do well. I mean, how many bar shows do you have? To, you're getting paid like what, hundred bucks a show up? I mean, yeah, if, if that'd be that's nice when they can shoot you a nice hundred dollars yeah. for a bar show. And that's nice. Yeah, 20, 30 minutes yeah. up there, and you're like, you know, they're not paying attention. You're like, I should probably try to get their attention. What's your What's yeah. your take on uh, the probably the one thing that uh, I would say scares people? Nah, I mean, no, that's cool. We could just, we just skip right, that. Let's yeah. wrap it up, and then we'll do a little bit after we go off the air. Okay, we, cool. I, I was just going to say, if it's possible to, we don't even need to do it real quick. Of course, my battery died. I saw on that on the, second, on the second joke, run, like halfway through the second joke run through. Yeah. So if you could just quickly run through that so I could just get your reactions again, okay. that, would be, that would be cool. You I guys want to do that first? We'll or? just do no. pieces. Yeah, we, we can keep doing it and just grab that at the end if that's okay. Yeah, okay. That's that, cool. That'll That's be fine. the last thing we do. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't even. So, yeah, now, Giselle, just wrap it up All right. and then do your little bit after you go off there. Okay.
problem. I'm gonna open that goddamn. So I'll I'll wrap it up. Ask if you got any show, what shows you got coming up. No, no I, don't don't say, oh, oh. I, don't even, I guess I don't even need to say that right yeah, now. Yeah, I think we just wrap it I'm up. Cheating, I'm cheating like a real podcast. Um, uh, wait, did we mention what would that, the, the, the hustle, the whole Jay Rich thing? Barbara, I have to say that I'm going to go to Jay Rich's place. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mentioned that. So so you just say, what are you doing up next? Yeah. Just say, what I'll are you doing I'll wrap it up, now? and then I'll ask you, what are you up to? It's like, well, we're going to Oakland to pick up Jay Rich to go uh, to his side hustle. Can I say hi? We're not saying side hustle. No. We're going to go do uh, his day job. His day job. That's another word. Yeah. I'll just go be like, yeah, we're going to go to his day job. He's a barber. It's going to be crazy. I'm going to cut some hair. Okay. And then you could give, like, a quick opinion on what you think, how you think I'm going to do it. Okay. Could be supportive on the radio. And yeah. Right and when then it's really, done. yeah. Be supportive and then on I'll the radio. And then right when it's done, it's like, yo, shit. bro, I, you, you're not going to be And right. then I'll wrap it up, and then we'll do our thing. Okay. Well, Kabir, it's uh, it's been a blast, man. It's been a while since we had a chance to really like sit down and chop it up like this, man. And always I'm, a pleasure. I'm always happy for your success. I'm always in your corner, man. And I know I'm gonna catch you at the microphone and stuff like that. But you know, you just keep on rocking your thing, keep Thank on doing you, your man. thing, man. I appreciate it, man, and congratulations on the radio show, man. We'll I appreciate that. I appreciate. It. We're gonna work. We're gonna do more of this more often, man, because I always love uh, your vibes and I love your energy, man. But yes, uh, what do you what are you up to for the rest of the day? Well, we're off to uh, you know Jay Rich, the yeah. other uh, an amazing comedian. His uh, his day job. He's a barber. Really? He's a barber in Oakland. Okay. So, so uh, we're going to go spend the day with him at work. Uh, and then um, I think he's going to try to get me to cut some hair, man. I'm, I think I'm going to be uh, I think I'm gonna be good at it. Maybe you, I'll find another passion. You know what, though? I think you I think you will be also. Because the thing is, like, people love a, a barber with a good personality. You're, yeah. Obviously, you're a funny guy. Oh, like, you're going to entertain you. them. You're going to entertain them. They're going to be looking forward to having their hair cut by Kabir Singh. I think it's going to be fun. I, you're gonna I fit feel in. bad for the people that are going to get the haircut. Nah, no. But I'm excited. I'm going to see what it's like, you know, because it's, it's not all cutting hairs. I know he has got a, uh, a strenuous job. So it's going to see. If I'm going to be excited to, to try it out. Maybe watch a YouTube video on uh, on fades oh, before, yeah. before you, before you <laughs> get down no there. We have no time for that now. That, that should have been done Just do that, man. Ago. Kabir, I really appreciate you, man. Again, thank you, brother, for coming on, man. Thank you, You have been all uh, had a chance to listen to the one and only Mr. Kabir Singh here on the Rare Formcast with Rudy Ortiz. Once again, thank you guys all for tuning in. You guys have a great day. Take it easy. Thank you, man. Right on, man. All right. <sighs> man, uh, I got to tell you, man, that is, you, know, I, you know I believe in you. Yeah, and and you know we go back and stuff, um, but this 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 day job thing, man, it's 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 not gonna work, Kabir. It's not it's not gonna work, man. I, you you you're you're not ready Listen. for this. You know, this is a lot of work. You already put in all these miles onto your brain and everything. Yeah. It's you're not gonna be able to do this, man. This is not for you. It's not for you. How hard is cutting hair? <sighs> I think you're gonna be in for a rude awakening. Well, we'll see, sir. We'll see. We'll see about that, man. We'll Just, see. Uh, Take it easy, man. All Good right. luck. Good luck with everything. Take care, buddy. All right. Take I'll see easy. you soon. All right. Just go straight up and just right, say it's not gonna work. All right. Just say uh, shorter. Job, just do Much shorter. All right. Got gotcha. you. Not gonna work. And gotcha. can I say how hard is cutting hair? Could that be a yeah, good thing going back into? Okay. The five lines here. Two. Okay, I got you. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll see you later it's on tonight. All, it's all in one day, so you guys are gonna be performing as zombies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what do you have to do? Is like before our show tonight. Yeah. I, well, I'm gonna go to Jay Rich thing, so I'll make that clear on that all right, one. Cool. All righty.
fly at the end? I'll do it quicker. I'll do it much quicker, oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Say something homophobic. <laughs> Be like, mm. we need to sell this. All right, I got you. I got you. <laughs> you guys ready? No. Doesn't look like it. Well, uh, Kabir, man, we spent like two hours together for the first time in a long time, man. I really appreciate you coming through today, man. I've had a blast. What are you up to for the rest of the day? Uh, that was a blast, man. Uh, well, we're going to be heading over to uh, to Jay Rich. You know Jay Rich, amazing comedian. Of course, um, of course. He's a barber, so we're going to go to his barber shop in Oakland. Wow. We're going to spend a day in his shoes, and then I'm going to be able to cut some hair. So you're going uh, you're to cut a little bit of hair. Yeah, so I don't okay. know if I'm going to survive tonight. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm excited. We're going to go see uh, how he does his job, and... It's gonna be exciting, and then we have the big show tonight, man. We do, so man. So we're gonna up. we're gonna hook up later on tonight. I Absolutely. want you to I want you to let me know what the whole barber shop experience was like for you. Oh, I'm, I will. I'm yeah. sure you're gonna do great, man. You got a great personality, and people love a happy barber. So well, I think you're gonna you, be good, Rudy. man. Thanks for having again, me, again, brother. I appreciate it, man. Once again, you guys have been listening to Kabir Singh right here on the Rare Formcast with Rudy Ortiz. Thank you for tuning in. You guys take it easy. All right. Thank you for having me, man. Uh, this barber shop thing, man. It's not. It's not gonna work for you, man. It's not gonna work for you. You're. Uh, you're not cut out for it. Dude, how hard is it to cut hair, honestly? Well, you're gonna find out. You're gonna find out. All right. You let well, me know tonight, man. I'll see you tonight, baby. All right, baby. Thanks take it easy. I'll see you soon, man. Take care. Man. All right. Responses. Can't they just talk other things? I can. Same thing, right? Like same thing we just did. What was that? First one is alien. Second one, dick pic. Okay. Same idea. Second joke, though. I want to right. another show. Wow. First, one, first one was good. Let's see what the second one is. Oh, one second, one second. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so the second joke I had in mind uh, is, uh, is this, is this. So I have a girlfriend. Uh, her best friend is gay. Okay. Uh, but he sent a dick pic to her recently that he claims was an accident, but I don't think hmm. it is an accident because um, it's really hard to accidentally send a dick pic. There's a lot of steps to send a dick pic. It's complicated. So it's complicated. You gotta grab your phone, turn it on, pull your pants down, look at your dick, put right. your pants back up, go on the internet, find a bigger dick, take a picture of that dick, right. send that. I mean, it's a lot of work. Right. I think that's a lot of stumbling. Too much stumbling. I mean, what, what do you think needs to be added? I mean, I think the punchline's a little weak. Well, you know, premise, you yeah. just gotta remind people, you gotta remind people that the more stuff that you add to the dick pic in the background, the yeah. more insecure the man actually is. Oh, see, that's a good idea. Like, if he's got a roll of quarters or something to show the scale from whatever it is that he's holding to his <laughs> penis, that's because he's he's unsure about himself. You know, the the, the secure guys just look, the, take the camera and then. Right. 
point down and click. Those are the secure guys. Triple no A batteries. Nothing going on. Yeah, exactly. There's it's just, batteries. It's just there, there's no other things to compare it to in a secure dick pic. Exactly. So remember that. I like it. They always do the travel size stuff too, the toothpaste and stuff like right. that. Like this is Target. I'm like, that's not Target. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I like that. So I could add that stuff. It's about brainstorming. We're brainstorming. So, again, man, I, I always find that the best way to do it. Two things. You say it out loud, the joke, you hear it, and then other people can uh, help you out, man. That's kind of the problem. I dig that. We're doing, we're doing the, the entrance from the very beginning? So just until he comes in, we're we're going all the way to the point where he comes in and sits down. Okay. We'll do it again. Oh yeah, I, I remember how I, I'll, it was like a minute, almost a minute before he came in. Okay. What up, world? Welcome to the Rare Form cast with your host, Rudy Ortiz, and my special guest today, who will be in studio pretty soon, the one and only... Oh, okay. All right, no problem. Three, two, one. What's going on, world? Welcome to the Rare Form cast with your host, Rudy Ortiz, and my special guest, who will be in studio pretty soon, the one and only Mr. Kabir Singh, comic extraordinaire. The guy's been everywhere. You've seen him on Comedy Central. He's actually just recently uh, done some writing for Family Guy. I mean, the guy's blowing up. I've known Kabir for almost, uh, I want to say, eight or nine years now. Known him ever since the open mic days over at Tommy T's back in Pleasanton, for those of you who know the, the scene. That, that's when they used to have karaoke 
right after comedy. It was usually funnier after the comedy show was over because of the karaoke. So we're going to be talking a lot about sports, a lot about politics, uh, a lot about comedy. Actually, we're only going to be talking about sports and comedy. No politics today. We're going to keep that in the uh, on the other side. But uh, my man Kabir is going to let us uh, into his career, let us know what he's up to, what he's been, what he's got going on. And uh, actually, I think I just hear him coming in right now. Of course, Kabir, fashionably late, fashionably late as always. My man knows how to make an entrance, ladies and gentlemen. The one and only Mr. Kabir Singh. What's up? What's going on, brother? How you doing, man? It's been a while, brother. This is nice. Right on, man. Welcome, welcome to the Rare Formcast. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Do it one more time. Okay. Cool. Cool. What are you? I I was kind of from. I was a little uh, on the angle here. I was going to see if I could get a little bit more profile to get him walking because there's so much reflection. All right, and actually, I think I hear him walking in now. Is that the okay? My bad. All right, everybody roll. Yeah. Yeah. So we will have Kabir Singh in studio very soon. My man knows how to make an entrance. I've known him for years. He's always been like that. And as a matter of fact, I think I hear him walking in right now. There he goes, the one and only Mr. Kabir Singh. What's up, man? Making an entrance as always, treating me like it's your court date. I dig it. I like that. Traffic, dude. No problem, my man. Welcome, welcome to the it's Rare Formcast. The one and only Mr. Kabir Singh, ladies and gentlemen. I see Rudy, man. Right on. Better go. Cool, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go grab some lunch with my folks. Let me walk out with you guys, though, man. You guys, are they already packed up? Oh, no, I think so. Thank you very much. Thanks. Man. We'll see you. Was it tomorrow night? Uh, no, it's on Sunday night. If oh, I'm Sunday not night. Yeah, Sunday night. We'll okay. see you guys there. It was a lot what's of fun. Happened? Do you guys? Do, so, do you guys ever? I mean, what's the like the extent of the usage here? Is it like one person who does a podcast or multiple podcasts? Um, or? Well, I mean, I have like that podcast. But oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, there's that's the schedule currently, and it's a hundred bucks a month. You get um, 
you know, weekly two-hour podcast, hour and 15 minutes. That is cool. And um, some people use the performance-based Trish and Dan. I use it for Joke Workshop. I use it for Fantastics. And yes. For happy hour. But um, tomorrow we have some noise pop in here all day. We're going to have live bands all day. Nice. We're going to have do that. So we've got a lot of, like, there's poetry every Friday, all that kind of bullshit. Right, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, damn, this yeah, is kind of cool, though. I like I like the idea of like having a cool space like this. Yeah, we do. Um, there's only 30 seats, but I do rentals on Saturday nights from eight to ten. Yes. Bucks. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's and cool. And you get like. Because I'm trying to you know use the podcast thing. Oh look, you can record the show. It's done. <laughs> Actually, and this sound is gonna be. I hope that they can. That it's really usable for them. Right on. I want to play. Man, so you're you're like cables in terms of how you you're able to do that. Is that something that you just developed over time, or is that something you just sat down at a microphone one day and you're like, damn, I can do this? You know, you know what it was, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. When I was a kid, um, I used to really be into rap music. So okay. I used to write a lot of rap music, and what I did, like, from, like, the ages of, like, 19 to, like, 26, I recorded a lot of rap music. Oh, okay. So I think maybe that's where it kind of developed, you right. know what I'm saying? I didn't really get into comedy until, like, I was about 24, 25. Oh, okay, so well. I think maybe that's where it all it all started off. Right, right, because it's, like, it's that ability, too, right, where you're just, like, I got 30 seconds, I'm just going to keep going. Like, right. it's almost like stream of consciousness, but it's all connected. Yeah, and you want it to work. You don't want it to yeah. sound crazy. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? You want it to actually work. Yeah, it's pretty wild, man. It's impressive. But it's, like, it's, one of, it's one of those things, though, that it's like, I, I think it, that really helps out for comedy. Uh-huh. Because sometimes when you're up there and you're bombing, yeah. like, you have to make it. You, if it's not going like, to be funny, you got to at least be interesting. Yeah, You literally can't just be standing there just looking blank. You yeah, know? yeah, so yeah. It's kind of it's like survival, survival type. <laughs> What's your name again, bro? I'm Ben. Ben, right on. Are you going to be there on Sunday? Oh, yeah, you bet. Yeah. Okay, add more files. Okay. Being sent.
check. Radio. Perfect. Radio, 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 radio. Got in here. Where's the mate gonna be? Bruno Street, down by the train yards. I'll draw you a map. Setup's the same. Car pulls up and honks a couple of times in an alley down there. Who's handling the bike? A big man. Don't waste any time. When is it? Tonight. I went back to the office and met with Sergeants Barr and Jacobson. 8 p.m. Ben and I took up our positions on the stakeout along with the rest of the men. We had a clear view of the exact location where the buy was to be made. We waited. 10 p.m. 11 p.m. No one showed. Midnight came and went. 1.30 a.m. Still no sign. At 18 minutes of two, we spotted a man carrying a shopping bag emerge from behind a row of freight cars near the end of the rail yard. He made his way across the street to the alley. He stood back in the shadows. As soon as the car gets in the alley, we pull up and block it, huh? Yeah, that's right. Beck will do the same thing down at the other end. Headlights coming in the alley. No, no, they're going on through. What's the time now? Four minutes to two. We waited. Eighteen minutes passed. Still no sign of the car that, according to Charles, was supposed to be there for the big buy. We could still see the figure of a man with a shopping bag huddled in the alley. 3 a.m. Joe. Yeah. Car down there in the alley. Yeah. That's it. You want to start up? Yep. Just enough to block the alley. Uh-huh. That's good. All right, come on, let's go. Come on. All right, chill your engine and get out of the car. Joe, look out! Get him out of there. Yeah. Come on. There's three of them. Yeah. Here's the guy with the shopping bag. All right, I got it. Christ, not some cold. Yeah. That's one. Easy there. Yeah. Pull right over there, will you? That's Get his coat off of that. I got it. Okay. That's it. That's it. All three of them. Yeah. Hey. Hey, look at this, Joe. Found one of them in this guy's hand. Tin can, huh? Mm-hmm. Full of marijuana. You look at the labels on those cans? Yeah. Fancy solid packed tomatoes. There he is, the big tomato. The story you have just heard was true. Only the names were changed to protect the innocent. On October 3rd, trial was held in Superior Court, Department 89, City and County of Los Angeles, State of California. In a moment, the results of that trial. Stanson, alias the Big Tomato, along with his associates in the narcotic gang, was tried and convicted for violating the state narcotic act. He received sentences as prescribed by law and are now serving their terms in the state penitentiary. You have just heard Dragnet, a series of authentic cases from official files. Technical advice comes from the office of Chief of Police W.H. Parker, Los Angeles Police Department.
Rocket Dog Rescue is a Bay Area organization that works to save dogs from death at overcrowded shelters and put them into happy homes. If you're looking to adopt or have some extra cash you feel like donating, go to rocketdogrescue.org. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-D-O-G-R-E-S-C-U-E dot O-R-G. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Welcome to the world of Giant Gnome Productions. Find out more online at giantgnome.com. And now, our feature presentation. Emily, where were you? Oh, I couldn't see anything, so I stuck around to the side to get a better look at the pod. Now look, you can't go running off like that. This is a very serious situation. There are guns, bombs, mines, grenades, mustard gas, not to mention aliens. Aliens? I don't think they're aliens, Doc. What do you mean they're not aliens? Well, of course, you are the expert, but I did get a close look at the pod than you did. And? And the marking on the craft said HMS Hague. Whatever that thing is, it's British. British? What a British craft we're doing travelling in non-space. They never developed the technology. And more importantly, what would they be doing back here in 1917? Should we go back and try to get in the pod? I don't think there's anyone in it right now, at least no one I could see. No, too dangerous. Besides, we have to get back to the TARDIS before someone notices. Notices what? Turn around very slowly, with your hands up in the air. If you make one wrong move... I'll shoot you both where you stand. You, sit over there on the cot. Both of you. Keep your hands where I can see them. There seems to be some sort of mistake here. We're on your side. Is that so? Yes, of course. We're both British in case you can't tell. Call me suspicious, but when I see a young woman and a strange man is just strange. in very odd-looking civilian clothing, just wandering around no man's land, in the middle of a big push, I tend to take notice. Odd-looking? Really? Do I look that out of place? I was just telling Emily earlier that the one thing I can never get right is the clothing. Stop chattering and start explaining. Or you'll both be shot as German spies. German spies? Well, that's the last straw. Look, I've let you push us around long enough. We're trying to help you. You have no idea what's going on out there. And what do you do? 
You interrupt us in the middle of our work, drag us back here at gunpoint, and now you accuse us of being Germans? What I think my partner here is trying to say is that we're here on a very special reconnaissance mission for the British government. If you don't believe me, we have credentials. They're in my jacket pocket. I'll get them. You just keep your hands up. Inside left. There you go. That should explain everything. What do you think you're doing? Psychic paper. Oh, my. Uh, special operations. Uh, well, I see. I'm sorry. It, it's just, well, you seem so damned out of place out there. Don't apologize. Glad to see we still have some very observant young soldiers in this man's army. I don't believe I caught your name. Burlingham. Daniel Burlingham. Let's uh, change it up for a couple hours. You. 
Hey, hey, what's up? Now you know what the fuck's the deal. Hope everybody's doing well. It is uh, Monday evening. Hello. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Um, we, uh, I'm flying solo cholo tonight. It's, uh, it was a long weekend. We all had a great time. Got to hang out with Paul this weekend, but we'll get into that later. Um, we had a tragedy out in Oakland, so there's a big vigil going on out there, and Bill's, uh, Bill's paying his respects. He's doing his thing. So, you get to listen to me tonight. I did get to go on the dirt bag this weekend, so I'm a little beat, as was Paul. So, he, uh, he needs sleep. <laughs> He's been pushing his body pretty hard for the last couple months, so it's uh, time to take a break, I think, for him. Hopefully, he'll be, he should be back next week. He was excited about coming in next week. He's just, yeah, he, he's done for today. So, it was a great weekend. We had the dirt bag this weekend. What a great ride. Uh, I highly recommend, if you're going to go on this ride, to bring dirt tires. <laughs> um, I got a, I took my bike. I got the Harley out there in the mud for a little bit, man. It was, uh, it was interesting. It was uh, quite a ride, I'll tell you what. But, uh, get the white knuckles going in the, uh. It's exciting, man. It's super exciting. So yeah, that was that was a great time. I don't feel like I deserve to be there, and I was honored to be invited. That was a fantastic ride. Great group of guys. Um, but we'll talk more about that later. I want to get into some music. Um, I do want to thank Seth and Aaron from the Creeps for those burnouts, man. Those guys were sick. So I thought I'd throw some music their way. Talk to you in a minute. Shut up, 
What's happening? So that was the Stooges, Mexican guy. Song before that was uh, Slipknot, Wait and Bleed, and then uh, the Twats played Sanity Bomb before that, who I, which I dedicated to my uh, my buddies. Those were insane burnouts. <laughs> so that was a wild party. It was a long weekend. It started for me. It started with memorial service on a uh, Friday. Say goodbye to a good friend. It was a. Uh, it was actually a, a really good crowd. It was. It was. It was a big deal. It was cool. So, peace, Ernie. Good people. Um, so then I got the call about going to the <laughs> going on the dirt bag, which uh, I was it surprised me. So, and not only that, I uh, I needed a bike with the rear pegs, which you know, the one I have, I got two bikes. So the Harley has the rear pegs, and it was Paul. He said, uh, "Yeah, you want to go on the dirt bag?" 
Um, but can you carry a girl on back that's going to photograph the whole event? She's, uh, I heard she may be the official photographer of the Dirtbag Challenge. So she, uh, so yeah, we met on Saturday morning. Actually, I met everybody except for Paul on Saturday morning for the first time. And uh, we left uh, Bayview around, around 11 a.m. And uh, <laughs> it was a wild crowd. I have to, I have to give props to everybody. They were just, they were just a solid crowd. This young lady was hanging off the back of my bike. She was, she, she was solid. She was, everybody was solid. It was just a good, good crowd. But yeah, it was, uh, it was super impressive. And I feel like I accomplished something. It was, you know, even though I didn't build a bike to take on it, it's, it was, uh, it was an event. So we uh, drove out of the city, headed north. 160 plus miles, I think almost 170, maybe a little more than that, uh, north up into the uh, mountains, and we uh, camped out overnight, which, yeah, it turned out the uh, the last three miles or so were on dirt in a off-highway vehicle park. Um, so, yeah, deep ruts, a little bit of mud, um, and I wasn't the only one with street tires on my bike. These guys... Uh, they powered through it, and uh, they were on rigids the whole freaking way, man. It was it was just a really impressive sight. I had a really good time. They were all homemade, you know. It was just, it was badass. So if you missed it, plan on it for next year because it's a good one. Um, things are gonna change up next year. Paul's uh, still figuring out what exactly is gonna be the final uh, final change ups on the whole thing. Um, but we're maybe thinking, or he's maybe thinking longer longer rides. I think at this point, or. Yeah, we'll leave that up to him. There's there's a few oars in there, but uh, I sh probably should have said as much as I did. So, there's a lot going on. Uh, yeah, went up to, uh, <laughs> when I was in a, you know, once you get off the main freeways, man, you get up into those hills, and uh, I was scraping pipes on one side, and it was just loose gravel, and so I wasn't pushing it too hard, you know, plus with the extra weight. It uh, it's a different beast, you know, and I don't want to hurt anybody. It's a bad, it's bad enough if I go down, but if I go down with somebody on back and they get messed up, I'm not cool with that, you know. So, and I'm usually riding solo cholo, so I was uh, it was a good time, man. Yeah, some of those guys were just riding, you know, and their breakdowns and fixing it and getting it going again and running out of gas and I think 11 people made it up on uh, homemade bikes, pole leading the way. Paul's got a beautiful bike, by the way. If you get a chance to check it out, please <laughs> go out of your way for it. It's it's sweet. It should be on the web. should be on the Facebook page, I assume. So, yeah, so that was a great weekend. Um, Sunday coming back. Sunday coming back, I uh, I laid back. Um, we pulled over because Paul broke uh, broke a s adjuster on his, uh, on his bike, broke off. So his chain was, was loosening up as he was riding along. So we uh, we pulled over, we managed to fix that, but in the process, the rest of the guys were like, well, we're out, and I'm with the photographer, so I'm like, so where are we going? Are we following the boys, or are we sticking with Paul? And uh, we ended up sticking with Paul, which was a good thing, because um, he did get it going, and about, I don't know, f an hour later on the road, um, we pulled up to a red light, we were coming off 29 onto 121.12 there, and... Uh, he, uh, <laughs> we jumped on it, and he had me. He was, he was out in front, and he was gone. Um, and then I saw his chain went slack, and he, uh, and it was making like a, I don't know, like a winding sound. And then he pulled over, and I, as I did, and by the time I walked back the 30 feet from in front of him that I was, um, there was a nice puddle of oil underneath his bike, <laughs> which was... <laughs> 
it's like, all right, well, cool. At least we we hung back with him. You know, we were we were there for him. Um, also, while we were pulled over the first time, Joyce is is beautiful woman is who I met this weekend. She's a sweet, sweet lady, badass, badass. All all my respect, Joyce. Um, she pulled over, you know, just to hang out and see if we need anything. And Paul didn't need any help with what he was doing. We uh we all laid off and just let him do his thing. Um, and when she went to jump in her truck and started, the truck would not start. So we had to call AAA. Anyway, by that time, the boys were pretty pretty well in front of us. But we uh, we did our best to catch up, and then the next breakdown happened. So I ran into town and got some uh, JB Weld Quick, which sets in six minutes. It's amazing stuff, by the way. Um, and a couple of bolts, and, we, uh, and Paul went to work and nailed it, man. We left there. I think we made it back from that turnoff. From 121, 12 to 37 to 101, all the way into the city to the shop in like 45 minutes, 40 minutes. And not one drop of oil came out of his bike. It was just smooth sailing the whole way. It was an amazing ride. And then the party began. But before that, Paul, um, Bill's, Bill's at this vigil tonight as well. He's over in Oakland on the vigil for the people who lost their lives in that it's just a tragedy. Um, my heart goes out to everybody in the families, and it's just a terrible thing. Um, so he's out there doing his vigil. I'm going to try and mellow things out here for a minute before I go and snap, but uh, I'll be right back. Catch up with you in a minute. Well, the mean 